Now they're gone. Let's eat the rest of the cake. Just kidding. Um, well, uh, good afternoon and uh, again, welcome to Rotherham Evangelical Church. We're so glad that you're here with us uh, this afternoon again. Just reiterate, uh, welcome to our folks, our friends from Bethany. It's good to have you. And again, other visitors. Tom and Heather, welcome back. Congratulations, Mum and Dad. I don't know whether his, his leg being in a cast has got anything to do with fatherhood or anything, but I don't know. So, that was quick. Um, he must have heard my comment about the cake. Um, well, as you, uh, if you're here every week, will know that we're currently taking a little break from our study in Ephesians. We've been studying the book of Ephesians since September. And uh, just taking a little break for Christmas. Uh, next week we're going to be starting, uh, bear in mind we've been going since September. I think we're just about reaching verse 13 of chapter 1 of Ephesians, round about there. We've been working at it very hard. Uh, and we're going to be thinking about prayer in January. We're going to be spending about three weeks thinking about prayer, uh, really using that part of Ephesians to get us going. But it occurred to me that... Uh, there's probably a bit of work to be done just before we start thinking about prayer. And that's what we're going to do today. And we're here in Zechariah uh, looking at, looking at this, particular, this particular piece of, of scripture. Um, now, I don't know about you, but, but when I'm sitting on a, in a train station and I hear this sort of announcement, you know, and, you know, it's pretty hard to understand what's going on. And I pretty much ignore that announcement. I don't know about you. Or, or if I'm sitting on a train and the guard comes on and tells me what the next, the next stations are, I often ignore that or, or pretty much... Sometimes I fall asleep. Uh, I've, never, I've never woken up in a different station to the one I was expecting to be in, by the way. But I have fallen asleep on the train. And I suppose really that's not a good thing uh, to ignore the announcements because some of them might be very important or, or some of them might be, uh, you know, in case of emergencies. I, I used to do this on planes. We, we used to fly a lot. And uh, after a while, I stopped listening to the emergency uh, thing that the stewardess does um, because I'd heard it a few times. I kind of knew what they were going to say, you know, secure your seatbelt, uh, the exits are there, there and there. Uh, you know, so I started ignoring it. And then I was thinking, well, what happens if the plane crashes? And then I don't know what to do. So, and I think to a certain extent, that's something to do with our human nature about listening. Well, let's say hearing rather than listening. So, we're going to look into uh, this passage and find out a little bit about that. But before we get into that, let's just pray for a moment. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your holy word. It is such a great thing that you have chosen to tell us exactly what we needed to know. Lord, we need to hear from you, but nobody needs to hear from me in right now. So will you just put me behind your cross, put me behind your word, Lord, and just speak directly, Lord, through your Holy Spirit to the people who are here today. Amen. We're going to focus on uh, verse 8 really of this, this passage, although we'll refer to some of the bits. Uh, let me just read, read sort of verses 8 through to, to uh, 
13 for you there. And the word of the Lord came again to Zechariah. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the alien or the poor. In your hearts, do not think evil of each other. But they refused to pay attention. Stubbornly they turned their backs and stopped up their ears. They made their hearts as hard as flint and would not listen to the law or to the words that the Lord Almighty had sent by his spirit through the earlier prophets. So the Lord Almighty was very angry. When I called, they did not listen. So when they called, I would not listen, says the Lord Almighty. So what's going on here? A bit of background. Well, uh, this is a guy called Zachariah who's capturing this particular piece of, of scripture. And it's one of those things where, one of those passages where it reminds us just how real the Bible is, if you know what I mean. So in verse, in verse 1 there of chapter 7, it says, In the fourth year of King Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah on the fourth day in the ninth month. So we know when King Darius ruled, because that's a, a time of recording in history. So we know that God spoke to Zechariah on the 7th of December, 518 BC. So we know exactly the day when this happened, which is actually pretty awesome and cool, I think. Um, Zechariah was a prophet. He was also a priest in the temple in Jerusalem. And uh, this is after the Jews had been in exile, so they've come back from Babylon. Uh, And the temple is being rebuilt. Uh, Haggai is another prophet at the same time as Zechariah. And they're doing their thing, prophesying to the people of Israel. And so some folks in Bethel, a town nearby, have got some questions to ask about sort of technical questions, I suppose, about the Jewish religion. So they've said, their mates have said, go on, go to Jerusalem, talk to Zechariah, he'll be able to tell you what's happening. And so the, the, the passage here between sort of verses 8 and 13, you can divide it into two parts with a, a but in between. Um, and in verses 8 to 10, Zechariah is reminding everyone, look, this is what God has always said. This is what God has said about how we should treat each other. Uh, He says, administer true justice, show mercy and compassion to one another. So justice, mercy and compassion. That's what God is wanting the children of Israel. That's what God is wanting us to do in our lives. Uh, and you'll find those almost exactly those same words, those same ideas of justice and mercy and compassion throughout the Old Testament. It crops up quite often. You don't have to go there now, but you'll find that in uh, Micah 6, Isaiah 42, Hosea 12. Uh, as an aside there, notice particularly who the emphasis is on in that passage. Notice there's an emphasis there on, the, on widows, on the fatherless, that is, that is orphans. Uh, the word there is aliens. By, by, by that we could, we could say uh, those who've, who've come to your country from another place, I- immigrants. And the poor. We, we have some 
God has given us a special emphasis on those. And again, you'll often find those groups referred to in the Old Testament. The most vulnerable in our society. Look at it that way. Uh, but it's, the, the bar is even higher, actually. Look there in verse 10. It says, it says um, in your hearts, do not think evil of each other. So that's it. That's not even... Not even talking about not doing bad stuff. It's not. Don't even think about doing bad stuff. That's an incredibly high bar, isn't it? And that was uh, Jesus reiterated that on the Sermon of the Mount, I guess, where he was saying, you know, um, talking about it's only not only what we do, but it's how what our heart is like, what our, what we're thinking about. And yet, what Zachariah is saying here is that. The Israelites had ignored that. They ignored what the prophets said. They ignored the, the, the law that had been given, what you might call the, the law of Moses. And so God destroyed Israel. He sent the people into exile. And so, so Zechariah is now reminding these folks about that. And they're going, oh, hold on, I was only asking you a question about fasting. I wasn't interested, you know, I mean, I didn't... I didn't I wasn't expecting all that other stuff. You know, but I cried, I said, no. And so, you've then got the but, the beginning of verse 11, but. And Zachariah's reminding these guys, you know, the pre-exile Israelites had a really bad attitude. They, they were stubborn. They turned their back on God's word. So, so not only did they, they ignore it, but they actually went in the opposite direction. Uh, they stopped up their ears. You, know, you, you ever had that with, with kids? You know, la, 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 I'm not listening to you. You know, that kind of thing. Um, and, the, and, the, and the Israelites, before the exile, made their hearts hard. They were stubborn. They turned away. It says here that they, their hearts were as hard as flint. In other translations, that's as hard as adamantine, I think they called it. Basically, a very hard rock. Okay? Now, uh, for my uh, sins in a past life, uh, I was a geologist uh, by training at university, and I can tell you that flint is very hard. I mean, okay, it is very, very hard. So when they say that they made their, hard, their hearts as hard as flint, they'd made their hearts... Really hard. I mean, really, really hard, okay? Um, and ignoring God's law. Um, it says that the prophets have been sent and equipped with the Holy Spirit and that the Israelites had ignored them. Uh, just, a, just a little rabbit track, just an aside there. When he talks about the Spirit of God at that point in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God was not like it is now. So any, anyone who is a Christian has the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of them. But, but before Jesus' death, the Spirit of God only came to certain particular people at certain particular times. So it would come and it would go. And we saw that with people like Saul and David and those kind of guys. So in this case, they're saying, yes, the prophet had the Spirit of God. And so God's anger was great. You can see there his anger was so great he turned his back on them and he stopped listening to them. And that's why it's important when we're thinking about prayers. 
and our prayer life is what happened to the Israelites here. And some of the other prophets commented on this. I mean, keep your finger in Zechariah if you want to and we'll go back to Jeremiah 11. You don't have to, I'll read it for you, but if you want to, we're going to read from Jeremiah chapter 11, verse 11. This is what it says there. Therefore, that's Jeremiah 11, verse 11. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will bring on them a disaster they cannot escape. Although they cry out to me, I will not listen to them. Or in Micah chapter 3, verse 4. Then they will cry out to the Lord, but he will not answer them. At that time, he will hide his face from them because of the evil they have done. So God was very angry. That's the point. He was very angry with the Israelites before the exile. I don't know about you, but I kind of get that. I mean, I feel the same way. Perhaps I'm in a meeting or perhaps I'm talking to someone and you can tell they're not listening. You know, they're playing on the iPhone or they're, you know... I had one guy who was actually uh, flossing his teeth while in the meeting, while they were talking to me. So I I didn't feel he was quite focused uh, as he might have been. Uh, You know, so that attitude makes us angry. Doesn't it? I mean, you know, if, someone, if, if your kid goes, ah, la, la, I'm not listening, or, or that makes us angry. Um, it seems that to listen carefully is what, what we're wanting, and they're doing the opposite. And let's face it, what God is saying is far more important than what we say. So that's really, really significant, you know. Well, Okay, so that's background, that's a little bit of you know, pulling stuff out of the passage. But what's really going on here? Well, Zechariah is talking to a group of, of folks who come from Bethel and they're asking him and his fellow priests a, a, a question about, about fasting in this case in the same way that we will sometimes go to Ian Jones and ask him a question about something, some detail in the Bible or whatever it is. Um, and so God, so having asked them, God now graciously gives Zechariah the answer. And he, he draws them and gives them a, a warning from history for the modern Israelites, that's Israelites in 518 BC, from the pre-exile Israelites. And he reminds them of their ancestors' unwillingness to listen to the word of God. This unwillingness quickly led to their rebellion and in all sorts of other ways too, ultimately the destruction of Jerusalem and their exile. They're, these folks have come, they're asking a fairly minor question, and suddenly they're confronted with a, a really very stern warning about the necessity of listening to God's word. Not just listening, but listening with an open heart. Listening in a way where people are going to respond, not with a spirit of stubbornness, but a spirit of... of uh, teachability, you know, know, listening in a very positive way, not turning away not stopping up their ears perhaps if it was something they didn't like, you know, they'd sort of turn away so it would appear that there were some more more fundamental things that these guys needed to know, and that's what God was telling them and this particular chapter in, in Zechariah is sandwiched between more prophetic parts of the book, so in, in sort of verses one to six, and afterwards, sort of after sort of eight, uh, there, there's a lot of stuff talking to Israel about uh, 
the promises of God about being faithful to them, the promises to restore Jerusalem. Um, talking about the Messiah. And so it's a bit weird that in the middle there you've got this thing about, about warning people about listening to, to the word of God. Um, I guess it's ironic that the Jews of Jesus' time would have known this passage well. And there is all this stuff about the Messiah on each side of it, and there's this bit in the middle about listening to God's word. And they were hard-hearted about the Messiah, many of them. They did not recognize Jesus when he came. And so Jesus himself commented on that. This is in Matthew 13. Let's just turn to Matthew 13 for a minute if you've got your Bibles. Matthew 13 verse 11. Again, if you're new to the Bible, don't feel bad about looking in the index page for where different books are. That's cool. And when we say chapter, that's the big number. When we say verse, that's the small number. So Matthew chapter 13 verse 11. This is what Jesus said, talking about sort of similar things. He replied, so Jesus replied, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing they do not see, though hearing they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. That is hard. They hardly hear with their ears, they they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Blessed are your eyes because they see, your ears because they hear. For I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous men long to see what you see, but did not see it. And to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Now how crazy is that? How, how, can you see how mad that is? You know, Zechariah and the other prophets say, there's a saviour coming. He's the son of God. He's going to save you. Turn away from your sins. Turn away from your self-centred life. Do your life. Do, live a life that's going to be pleasing to God. And the people don't listen, listen to the prophets. Then finally he comes. The Messiah comes who fulfills that prophecy. He followed God's will for his life. He does it perfectly. Through him we achieve an understanding of what God is like. As far as any human can get what that is. And guess what? He then dies and he saves us. And he rises from the dead three days later. He opens the riches and the depths of God's word. He performs miracles. He ascends into heaven. He sends us the Holy Spirit. He explains the Bible to us. And people don't listen to him. And people don't hear him. In fact, they ridicule him and betray him and crucify him. And sometimes we don't listen. And sometimes we ridicule him. And sometimes we betray him. 
and we certainly crucify him. How ironic. Are we any different? Is this stubbornness to have heard something? Do you, do you ever do this in your life? Is this just me? Do you, do you know, that, know what to do? Something, somebody tells you what to do and you ignore them and you do it differently and everything goes wrong and you go, oh, sorry, I'm sorry, you did tell me what to do. You did tell me what to do and I didn't do it. I'm sorry. And then three months later, you do it again. You do exactly the same thing. So, so the same situation comes up. You do exactly the wrong thing again. And you're like, oh, God, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I remember. Because I did that three months ago. And it really went wrong. And I've just done it again. Oh, sorry. And doing it again and again. That's just crazy. Even Stevie the donkey knows to do better than that. Just ask Denise whether I do that or not, okay? She will tell you that I do that. That I do that a lot. And bad things happen. Bad things happen. Instead of listening to advice, I just go my own way. And then I do it again. Am I thick or what? No, I'm not thick perhaps, or maybe I'm thick. But, uh, but, but I'm certainly stubborn. Like the Israelites, I'm stubborn. I'm proud. I'm self-centred. And folks, just a, a personal word here for you. Please, if you're here, hold me accountable with that. I am someone who will, who is prone to pride. Please hold me accountable with it. Do not let it overtake me. If you see that stuff coming up, please just give me a kicking, will you? And to me, that kind of thing is just evidence of... of of original sin is evidence of who we are. I look, I look inside myself and I can see that listening to God and obeying is not in my nature. It's not what I want to do. It's like saying, don't stick your hand in the fire. And then... Mm. Um, there was a... This is here. There was a going off piste here as Ian would say there was, a, there was a TV show where they had this thing where there was a, this little button on the wall saying do not press this button and this guy goes up and goes and presses the button and he goes bing and it lights up and says do not press this button again so he goes bing and it lights up again saying do not press this button again and he goes bing and, all you can, and then, then the, the the, the shot changes to someone else and all you can hear in the background is bing, bing, bing as he keeps just pressing the button. You know, just doing, not doing what they said. And so we do that, don't we? We look for reasons not to hear from God or not to follow what he says. Or we rationalise it perhaps saying, oh... Oh, such and such a thing is not appropriate in the 21st century culture that we have. Or, or this is not in line with a multicultural society. Um, this is God's word. God's word isn't supposed to be shaped by society. Society is supposed to be shaped by God's word. It's the other way around. Or maybe we give it lip service or we say in public, oh yes, very true. And you're thinking, God, oh, that's barking, that is. I'm not going to do that. 
or we fill our mind with uh, prejudice and, and conspiracy theories, you know, conspiracy theories about the Bible or conspiracy theories about society. Uh, just an aside on conspiracy theories, I used to work for a government, okay, the government can't even get the rubbish picked up. How on earth do you think they're going to come up with a conspiracy theory and organise themselves that way? Okay, it just doesn't happen, folks. You know, all this stuff on the TV, blah, 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 9-11, that, forget it. Um, or we try and prove God's word wrong or we ignore it or we just growl and harden our hearts. The best thing that can happen for us is that God will melt our hearts, that God will humble us. If he gives us a heart of flesh rather than a heart of, a heart of stone. The worst thing that can happen for us is that God says, okay, you don't want to listen? Fine. You get on with it. You get on with your life. I'm not listening to you anymore if you're not listening to me anymore. And so maybe that's the kind of thing we need to take away from, from Zachariah. Uh, so let's think about how to apply that idea, that concept that we're talking about. Um, it's very important to say that um, the most imp- often the way in which God, oh, I said that really badly, the way in which God most often speaks to us is through the Bible. Okay, you know, 99 percent of the times we hear from God we hear through the Bible it's his word Uh, he told us everything we needed to know in it if he'd wanted us to know something else he would have put something else in it he tells us everything we need to know if it's not in there we didn't really need to know it that much it says over the door it says the word of the door on the outside it says the word evangelical that means the message of the good news it means we're a church that is going to focus on what God has told us through the Bible. Okay, when I close this, stop listening to me. Okay, because I've got nothing to say. I've only got something to say to you when this is open. We need to meditate on it. We need to hear it preached. We need to read it. We need to gain insight from it. We need to apply it into our lives. So God is going to speak to us most often through that. He will sometimes speak to us through what you might call wise counsellors. Other people who knows God's word and how to apply it. So we get into a little bit of a, a tiz about something. You know, oh, I don't know what to do about this. You know, my car's broken down. And I go to Rich, and Rich says, "Don't worry. This is what you need to know from the Word of God." Um, oh, and I would just encourage you all to find your wise counselors. Find the people who you know who know God's word, who know it well and who can be really honest with you when, they, when you've got something going on in your life. Yeah, please find those people. It's really important because they can share the Word of God with you. Um, that's why we recommend good books here from time to time or we recommend other preachers, people who we know will really apply the Word of God in a very uh, biblical way, in a way that lines up with the Word of God. Uh, and, and, and there's a vital application here that I really want us to focus on for a moment. I cannot overemphasize the importance of checking what you hear taught, particularly what you taught, see, hear, taught here, particularly what you hear, 
It's all here, that's right. Um, too many here's. Against the Bible. Be like the folks in Berea in Acts 17. Always check what we are saying against the Bible. Okay? You must challenge us if what you hear does not agree with what is in the Bible. Okay? That's really important. Test myself and Ian and Jai and the other people who preach from this pulpit. We welcome that kind of feedback. We want that kind of challenge. Uh, a very good example and a very practical example of this is coming up for you all in January. Hands up if you have Freeview on your TV. Okay. Okay, so in Freeview, in I think in the middle of January, uh, a Christian broadcasting network called the Trinity Broadcasting Network is going to start broadcasting on Freeview. So we'll all, if you have Freeview, you'll be able to get it. Um, that is a US-based uh, TV station with uh, totally Christian content in it. Um, I would, if you decide to watch that station, I'm choosing my words here very carefully, if you decide to watch that station, I'll just say that again for emphasis, if you decide to watch that station, really, really measure what those folks say against the Bible. My experience when we saw it in the States was that many of their messages would not tie up 100% to what is in the Bible. Okay? They would leave out the inconvenient bits, perhaps, or emphasise the wrong bits. So, uh, if you do decide to watch that station, please be very, very careful about it indeed. Um, God also speaks to us through answering our prayers. Uh, if you pray for wisdom uh, in situations we face, then that is a prayer that God loves to grant. If you pray God's will be done, that is a prayer that will certainly be granted. Um, so God will give us messages sometimes, particularly if we pray for understanding of the Bible. And if you haven't prayed for that, if you pray, Lord, I, I really want to know your word better, or if there's a particular passage, you know, the meek will inherit the earth. What do you, what do you mean, God? You know, what, what do you mean the meek will inherit the earth? If I am meek, then, you know, what does that mean? I was listening to uh, a preacher this week who had prayed that for about 40 years, uh, periodically, to pray understanding for that phrase. And he was saying after 40 years, he was just about perhaps getting what the answer might be. So sometimes God answers our prayers quickly, sometimes slowly. Um, sometimes the answer is no, but we're getting on to next week soon. Um, but he likes to grant those kind of prayers. Uh, But the, on the other hand, we perhaps will pray sometimes things and God gives us a bad answer. You know, Lord, I, you know, my neighbour ran over my cat and so I want you to burn his house down. He probably is not going to answer those kind of prayers. Why not? Because it's not in line with the word of God. Okay, guys? Sorry if your cat's died. That's not what he's going to do. 
we also do not hear from God particularly well by randomly opening the Bible. Okay, do avoid this one. You know, here we go. When they reached the district of Zuf, Saul said to the servant who was with him, Come, let's go back or my father will stop thinking about the donkeys and start worrying about us. Okay. Not sure what you got from that. I got almost nothing. Okay, we read the Bible in context. We read the Bible in, a, in an organised way, not just randomly opening it and expecting God to, to do incredible things. Um, God doesn't speak to us by us putting a blanket outside and let's see if it gets wet in the dew next morning. Okay. God speaks to us mostly to the word of God. That's the thing we need to know that we need to pay attention to. And we call it the word of God. It is exactly that. It is direct communication from an eternal, sovereign, all-powerful, creating, sustaining, matchless God, full of wisdom, full of grace, full of beauty, full of life. He has an incontestable authority. And we ignore it, and we don't listen to it. We must be crazy. But notice what Zachariah is saying to the guys here. Yes, you've come with a technical question. And by the way, the, 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 the answer to that would be in the word somewhere. But really, God is far more concerned then and communicates this through his word with where our heart is. We can't miss the point. When we ask a question about God, sometimes he will come back with something that seems to be very different to what we ask. And if we're sort of really involved in that, we go, no, 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 that wasn't the question. That wasn't the, the question. I didn't ask the question about where my heart is. I asked the question about whether or not we're supposed to dot, 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 dot. Okay? Actually, what that means is we asked the wrong question. Okay, we should have asked the question to which he gave us the answer to. Absolutely. So we're going to get into prayers next week. We're gonna, this is just background to that. Um, but we have to be very careful because... Let's just look back in Zechariah again here in chapter 7. Again, let me just point you to verse 13. When I called, they did not listen. And I get this. So when they called, I would not listen. Sometimes when people think about, you know, God says, why does God not answer my prayers? In some cases, there might be an answer in that passage there. But let's not jump too far ahead. That's next week's sermon bit like a cliffhanger. So, let's think about this personally in terms of how we might apply this and what we might do in our lives. Well, maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. Maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. All this stuff sounds very weird. Uh, and you're saying, well, why should I listen to God? I don't believe in God. Or he might not exist. Uh, you may decide that, um, you know, I'm not really interested in God and all you're saying is just, fluff and boring and I don't care I hope and pray that this passage does not describe your attitude to the Bible that, that in actual fact you do have some interest in what it says that you, you're interested and you, you feel challenged about this idea that there is a God and about what the relationship is between us and God fantastic keep coming, keep coming to church keep asking lots of questions Explore what this book reveals. Don't turn your back on it. Don't be stubborn. Don't stop up your ears. Talk to Christians around you. Talk to some of the people here. 
find out what we believe. Or this passage might in fact describe your attitude to the Bible and the Word of God. That you have heard what the Bible says, that you're not a Christian but you've heard what the Bible says. Maybe even this Christmas you've heard the Christmas story. And you are saying, no, I don't want to hear about this holy God. I don't want to hear about his anger against us. You may have deliberately turned your back when you heard of Jesus paying for God's anger on the cross. You can't get your head around the idea that that was a price you should have paid, but that he paid on your behalf. Perhaps you've turned your back and stopped up your ears when you heard that he wants you to change your lifestyle to become more like him and less like yourself. If you're not listening to the word of God in that way, when will you? If you are brutally honest with yourself, have you chosen to harden your heart? You know what I'm saying? If that's true, then the end result for you will be the end result of what it was for the exiles. They went to Babylonia. They were separated from God. You will be separated from God. They were separated for 70 years. You will be separated for eternity. Do not do that, I beg you. Today is the day. Turn your back. Turn back to the word. Don't just listen. Hear what it has for you. Maybe you're here and you are a Christian, praise God, and you want answers to some of the practical things of being a Christian. Some of the small details, that's very good. And we encourage you in that. There's nothing wrong with it. But do make sure, please, that your heart is in the right place, that you are loving God, that you are loving the people around you, that you're paying attention to the big stuff, keeping the main thing the main thing. Perhaps you're here and you're hearing the word, but there's something that you don't like. Uh, Oh yes, uh, yes, I'll give up my sins and become more Christ-like, but not this one. Not this sin. This is my favourite sin. I'm going to cut this no, no, don't stop up your ears and say, la, 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 I can't hear you. Is it a fact that you have to pick up your cross and follow Christ? Is it the idea that the people around you don't really know you because the world doesn't know God? That's okay. We're constantly called to review ourselves against the Bible. It's New Year. This is a good time to do that kind of thing. It's a good time to sit down and say, okay, is my heart in the right place? Am I doing the right things? Or maybe you're here and you're a Christian, but you feel that you have not listened and really heard the word for a long time. Perhaps you feel very dry. Perhaps you feel that it's not relevant to you in the way that it used to be. Perhaps your heart is starting to harden. See how this passage is about, it's talking about listening, not just, and really getting what's happened, not just in a, in a very superfluous way. This is about really hearing the word of God. It's a whole body experience, not because you, you think about the idea of turning. It's not just, you're turning towards the word of God, not, not turning away. As the Israelites did there, you know, it says there, have they turned away? No, we want to turn to all the word of God. 
be encouraged. All Christians go through, I think, times of, of dryness. Don't worry about that. Press on. Keep reading the word of God. Get in there. Get into the detail. Talk to another Christian. Perhaps read the Bible with another Christian and you may find that encourages you. Last time we're going to turn somewhere in the Bible. Turn with me to the book of James. James chapter 1. James chapter 1 and verse 22. In my Bible it's on page 1880, but that's not a church Bible, so that's no use to you. Uh, So James chapter 1 verse 22. I'll just read this for you here. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. That's a great passage. That's a good word. And There's a whole sermon often preached on that. There's a whole sermon series often print on that, pre- preached on that. It's all well and good, but that's based on an assumption, isn't it? That passage is based on the assumption that we listen to the Word of God. That we listen to it in such a way that we're open to it and we're prepared to apply it to our lives. How can we be doers of God's Word if we have not first heard it? Surely that is the impact of hearing God's Word. Change. We change our hearts. We change our actions. We look at our beliefs, we re-examine ourselves, we change our relationships with God, we change our relationships with each other. We change where we will spend eternity. All those things can come about if we listen to the Word of God. If we don't listen to the Word of God, how can the change take place? Let's pray together.